Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, friends. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. And we want to make sure that you know about all the other exciting ways to get more exclusive content from The Bill Press Show. We're on Patreon. Did you know that? On Patreon. So to go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash BP show to get videos that nobody else gets. All we ask is five bucks a month and you get access to daily commentary. And every week we put up a special interview just for our Patreon subscribers. Hey, it's a great way to support progressive media and get your hands on some fun, new, exclusive content. Thanks so much for supporting the show by going to patreon.com slash BP show. fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show, live at youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Yes, she is live on CBS this morning, and you bet she's going to release another tape. What do you say, everybody? Omarosa, every appearance, a brand new tape, incriminating tape about things going on at the White House and the White House is getting more and more paranoid as the as the uh, scandal a little scandal um, plays out. What do you say great to see you everybody on a Tuesday, Tuesday August 14. It is the Bill Press show coming to you live from Washington DC, our nation's capital. We're joining you um, everywhere in this great land of ours. With the news of the day, bringing you up to date on all the latest uh, from Capitol Hill. That's where we are, our little studio right down the street from the United States Capitol building. Not much going on at the Capitol, but lots going on down at the White House, around the country with uh, primaries uh, important today, important primaries in four states, maybe the most important being in Wisconsin and in Minnesota. Um, Also, big firing yesterday. At the FBI, Peter Strzok, who uh, got in trouble for some emails that he was sending to his uh, lady friend at the time, critical of Donald Trump, Uh, didn't he realize, didn't he learn from Omarosa the one thing you cannot do in this great country of ours anymore is you cannot criticize the president of the United States or else you are fired or fined or maybe you could lose your citizenship the way things are going. Anyhow, we'll bring up to date on all the news of the day with your help with your participation, and with your comments on Twitter. Let's hear from you on Twitter, at BP Show. Lots to talk about, but first... This is the Full Court Press. All righty, just a couple of other stories making news. We go to Florida, where there is a state house candidate by the name of Melissa Howard. She got in some trouble last week because she was accused of lying about earning a bachelor's degree. 
So what did she do? You do what you're supposed to do in this situation. You double down. Yeah. She released a photo of herself with her diploma saying, yes, I did, in fact, go and get my bachelor's degree, except here's the thing. She now had to admit that not only did she lie about her educational background, but she faked the photo with the diploma. She photoshopped a diploma into this picture, expecting no one to... How dumb can you be? It's pretty dumb. I mean, fake it till you yeah. make it is one thing, but this is pretty stupid. She had to come out yesterday and admit, yes, the diploma was not legit. She apologized to her family and her supporters. She says it was not her intent to deceive or mislead anyone, which I'm not really sure how that how adds up. That? I'm not sure how that adds up. But she is not going to drop not out of the race. Out. She is not going to drop out. She's going to stay in the race. And this being Florida means she's going to win in a landslide, <laughs> probably. Probably, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so she is a Republican, uh, Melissa Howard. You might think that she uh, went to school, but uh, she she did not. And she there not. are idiots who will vote for her and who will say, hey, all politicians lie, so what's wrong with this? There you go. That's the age we're living in now. Hey, do you ever want to play in the NFL, Bill? Do you ever want to be a professional football player? That is one thing that I never considered. No, And no. would not consider today. No, no. You know, the average, the average career in NFL is three years. That's insane. Three. But I, think I mean, maybe yeah, three that, and a half. That, but that, I just I just sense. read that in Mark Leibovitz's new book. Actually, I, I mean that totally makes sense. It's you're so injury prone when you go out there and play. Yeah. There was one fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers who wanted to be an NFL player so badly, he dressed in full uniform and snuck onto their practice field while oh, the team God. was playing. He tried to get out there to actually play. He stretched with the team. He did some warm-ups with the team, and then finally somebody noticed, oh, wait, this guy is not on the team. The reason that uh, they noticed this is he was wearing number 43, which is not a number that any of the players wear because it's a retired number for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So he was escorted off of the practice field. Oh, too bad they didn't tackle him. Right. This is the Bill Press Show. He said the N-word over and over and over again. Uh, According to Amorosa, last night on Hardball, yeah, Donald Trump made a practice of it, delighted in using the word, even though Donald Trump says, never, never, never did those words escape my lips. Yep, he said, she said, no doubt whom we believe in this little tangle. What do you say, everybody? Good to see you today. It's Tuesday. It's a big Tuesday, August 14, and this is the Bill Press Show. We welcome you to the program and uh, invite you to fully participate by not only uh, checking in, finding out what's going on, getting all the latest news from Washington, D.C. That's where we start out here in Washington, our studio on Capitol Hill. Uh, Not only the latest news from Washington, but around the country and around the globe, Uh, but also Get busy and send us your comments on the news of the day on Twitter. We love hearing from you on Twitter, at uh, BP Show. Good to see you with all the news uh, and uh, a great lineup of guests today. Aswin Subsang from the Daily Beast will be joining us. Uh, one of our favorites, Nikki Schwab, another favorite, uh, will be, she covers the White House for 
the New York Post now. Uh, she'll be here as a friend of Bill, and we'll be joined by Eliza Collins, who covers the Congress for USA Today with the Senate coming back tomorrow and some big primaries, particularly out in Wisconsin uh, and Minnesota. Uh, lots of political stuff to catch up on as well today. Again, we Good to have you with us, whether you are uh, watching us on your little screen there, online, on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Listening on the radio statewide in Indiana on Indiana Talks or out in the greater Chicago area on the great WCPT or joining us in television land on Free Speech, Free Speech TV. Yes, indeed, she is a very savvy uh, at her media appearances, there is not like one major morning show or evening show there is not she has not yet appeared on. Amorosa continuing, uh, yes, to plug her book, but also to get back even with the White House that she feel, feels treated her badly. Um, and she has certainly turned on her former friend and boss, Donald Trump, who is uh, also... Uh, willingly and gleefully turned on her. She's turned also on the chief of staff, John Kelly, and everybody she works for, saying it was a rotten place, uh, that everybody, you couldn't trust anybody there. Um, Maybe you couldn't trust her either. Uh, And she couldn't wait to get out of there. That's not what she said when she first left, but that's certainly what she is saying today. And the issue comes up, remember, she she called Donald Trump a racist, a misogynist, and a bigot, uh, partly on the fact of the things he said about African Americans. Donald Trump insists he never used the N-word. Um, she claims there's a videotape of him using the N-word uh, and that Donald, that uh, pollster Frank Luntz had seen it. Apparently, she says that in the book. I haven't read the book. Uh, But Frank Luntz tweeted out yesterday, no, that's not true. I don't know of any tape, and I certainly never saw any tape. But on Hardball last night, Amorosa indicated that, yes, um, being around Donald Trump that much, she was on, what, three seasons, I think, Peter? Um, She was on the first season. She was definitely on the first season, and they brought her back. They brought her back. And I'm not sure how that worked, but she was on a couple for sure. Because Donald Trump said she was fired three times, or four times, I think, um, counting the White House. At any rate... Uh, she tells uh, Chris Hardball, uh, Chris uh, Hardball, uh, Chris Matthews last night on Hardball that yes, definitely, uh, the, 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 he, she heard it. When you heard the tape, uh, did you get a sense that the person who, I know you don't want to give away the source that the person who has the tape or a, a, a copy of it is planning to use it at some point? Yes, in fact, I believe that they're using it for politically motivated things. In fact, they may before November. Before November, another Are they Democrats? surprise. I don't know what their political You don't know. You don't know what the Republicans are. They used to be a part of the production staff for The Apprentice. And uh, did she personally hear him, use, not just on the tape, but in person, hear him use this word? She says yes, and here's the person he talked about. How many times did you hear Mr. Trump, your former boss, how many times did you hear him use the N-word? multiple times and what's upsetting, I mean like five upsetting, or ten or what it was three minutes multiple times and what's upsetting about it is it was about someone that was on the cast with me about Kwame Jackson who was the African-American contestant male contestant it was about him on the first season of The Apprentice From the and story. that's why it was disturbed it was so disturbing. Was it the kind of derogatory sort of uh, 
the stuff, and it some of it, I'm older than you, grew up with some of the bad stuff. Was it like, was there like derogatory references to him it sounded, as an African-American? This is stereotypical com commentary. Well, how would you describe it, it to a person? It sounded as if he used it every day. It rolled off his mouth kind of like when you first heard the Access Hollywood tape. You yeah. would never imagine he talked that way. It just kind of rolled off of his tongue. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I mean, you know that's true. I mean, Donald Trump, from what we know about him, again, he, he, he used that kind of language, I'm sure, all the time. I was going to say, there are very few people who use derogatory language, specifically that word, once in their life. You know what I mean? Like, if you're using it as an adult, you've gotten used to saying it. Yeah. But considering where he grew up, what we know about him, the people that he hung around with, the kind of business he was involved in and where he was involved in it. Yeah, it is totally, totally believable. Yeah. And the White House, of course, is getting more and more paranoid because, first of all, they don't know how many tapes she has. Again, we're told that there'll be another one released this morning, and as soon as we hear it, you'll hear it. Um, uh, releasing that on uh, CBS, what's the name of their morning show? Uh, this morning this or morning, something like yeah. this. Yeah, they all got I, dairy, various versions of They're called the Good competition. Morning America, the competition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so they don't know how many tapes she has, uh, what is on the tapes, and when, they're go and when she's going to release them. But now they're also worried about who else at the White House is taping conversations. And you know where this all started? This all started with Donald Trump. Remember when James Comey came into uh, Donald Trump says, yeah, well, we'll see if there's a tape about that conversation with James Comey. Now, we never heard that tape, but Donald Trump. And we know as a businessman at Trump Tower and throughout his business career, Donald Trump, that was his practice. He used to record without telling people in business deals, he would record their conversations. So this starts this starts at the very top. And, of course, the other thing that's going on at the White House with Omarosa uh, revealed yesterday uh, in another interview is that uh, she was asked to sign a nondisclosure agreement. That was on Meet the Press. You, I mentioned that. Uh, and, and sign a deal. She was asked by the person, his daughter-in-law, Laura Trump, Eric's wife, who is head of the reelection campaign. Uh, Amaris was asked if she would accept a deal where she, they would pay her $15,000 a month not to talk. And Amorosa says she rejected the deal, but that there are, and the White House, or the Washington Post reports this morning, dozens of people in the White House who have signed nondisclosure agreements, which, get this, the White House counsel told the president, you know, you can't enforce these. You cannot prohibit people from talking about anything they learned at the White House or any experience they had at the White House or never saying anything about people they worked with at the White House, including the president. Amorosa's deal forbid her from saying anything negative about Trump, anything negative about any member of his family, anything negative about anybody who worked at the White House, and anybody, anything negative about Mike Pence. And his wife. So it was so far sweeping. But we asked yesterday, remember we had Igor Bobish here from HuffPost about who else signed these nondisclosure agreements and who else is getting, more importantly maybe, who else is getting the $15,000 a month? We now know at least two of them. Keith Schiller, 
who was the president's body man, uh, left last year. He left in the first year of the administration. Uh, he's on, he's, he signed one of these deals, getting $180,000 a year to do nothing but to stay quiet. And so did Sean Spicer, which explains why Sean Spicer, you see him all over town, even though he doesn't have another job and can't get another job and no TV network has hired him, not even as a commentator or an analyst. Uh, Sean Spicer's got a $180,000 sweetheart deal. Yeah, why would you work when you're getting what paid to need? do nothing? Yeah, and that's what they told Amoroso. You don't have to do anything. We'll just say you have something to do with diversity, right? You stay at home, cash your check. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, these fiscally responsible uh, conservatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, here they are at work. Right. Uh, and the, So Donald Trump, with a flood of tweets yesterday. He could not he, he could not stop tweeting about Amorosa. I, I had to laugh out loud at the first one, what which was um she's a low life well he said she was a low life in person, but she's wacky. Wacky Amorosa, she's wacky already Amorosa. been fired what fifty third three times three or four times, times or something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hey dude, who hired her four times? <laughs> if she was so not smart, so wacky and couldn't be trusted Why'd you hire her? I, I, right? I want to read part of his uh, part of his tweet. This was yesterday morning, right after the show. Yeah, uh, Wacky Amorosa, who got fired three times on The Apprentice, and again, remember, he's the only person hiring her. Yeah, nobody else is hiring her. In the, he's at, the, the apprentice, at the Apprentice and at the White House. And at the White House, and nobody in the else campaign. Is her. Nobody else no. is hiring Amorosa. It's just right. Donald Trump. So the, to keep that in mind, yeah. when he says. Uh, now she got fired for the last time. She never made it, never will. She begged me for a job. Mm-hmm. Tears in her eyes. I said, okay. People in the White House hated her. She was vicious, but not smart. I would rarely see her, but heard really bad things. Nasty to people and, we con- consi- and constantly miss meetings and work. He's the only person that's has, uh, that has hired no. her. You got to come back. Then why did you hire her? Yeah. Why did you rehire her? Why did you rehire her? Why did you rehire her? And why did you give her, she had the top salary at the White House and open access to the Oval Office? You might ask, by the way, why is Donald Trump picking this fight? You asked this yesterday. He Surely he's got better things to worry about. He actually addressed that. He says, while I know it's, quote, not presidential, end quote, to take on a lowlife like Omarosa, and while I would rather not be doing so. Oh, yeah, which, right. Which, by the way, no, no, as no, an aside, no. Are you there kidding? is nothing he'd no, rather do. No, there is no. nothing he'd rather do. Uh, but he says uh, that he would rather not be doing so. This is a modern-day form of communication, and I know the fake news media will be working overtime to make even wacky Amorosa look legitimate as possible. Sorry! <laughs> this tweet from yesterday morning. Yes. So he has to do this, right? Oh, yeah. And work in somehow blaming it on the media. The, we are making him do this. Of course. Yeah. He he just does not want to. He he wishes he didn't have he didn't have to do this. Yeah. Uh, well, clearing up one other fact, by the way, uh, we remember that uh, Kellyanne Conway was embarrassed on ABC when she could not remember the name uh, of any top aide to President Trump, who happens to be African-American. CNN did a little check. They checked. There are 48 people, 48 top people in the White House who are assistant to the president or deputy assistant to the president. Those are the top jobs. There are 48 of them. For the record, there is not one, not one 
African-American. A couple of Latinos, a couple of Asians, maybe a handful, not one African-American since Amarosa left. Uh, there, of course, there's Javon. Wasn't his name Javon? Jerron. 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 Oh, Jerron Smith. By the way, no, a, didn't say his last name. She didn't, she didn't she know, know his, his last name. name. <laughs> uh, he is not a top aide, and he works not in the West Wing. He works over across the street uh, in the old executive office building on some some minor policy matters or whatever. But <laughs> all, all Kelly and Conway knew what there was that one black guy there, and uh, whose name was Jerron. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, can, I want to read. Can I read uh, some of his tweets that he yeah, said I know, late I, last I, I, night? Because this yes. actually correlates to a, a bit of a breaking news story. He couldn't stop. He Every could time she stop. would say something, he was back out there tweeting. This was last night, uh, almost ten o'clock at night. Uh, he says, uh, "Quote: Mark Burnett, who was the uh, producer of The Apprentice, Mark Burnett called to say that there are no tapes of The Apprentice where I use such a terrible and disgusting word as attributed by wacky and deranged Amorosa. I don't have that word in my vocabulary and never have. She made it up. Look at her many recent quotes saying such wonderful and powerful things about me. A true champion of civil rights until she got fired. Amorosa had zero credibility with the media." parentheses, they didn't want interviews when she worked in the White House. Now, now that she says bad, now that she, now that she <laughs> says bad about me, that's not a, a bit of a problem there. Now that she says bad about me, they will talk to her. Fake news. Well, da, 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 breaking news. We don't have the audio yet, but CBS did have Omarosa on this morning. And she says that, or they said that she did bring recordings. I'm going to read directly from uh, the piece from CBS News. Quote, in a new recording obtained by CBS News overnight, uh, it seems to back up Omarosa's story that several Trump advisors discussed an alleged tape during the 2016 <laughs> campaign. Trump campaign advisors denied on Monday that any conversations took place. CBS News has not been able to verify the authenticity of the recording, though it appears to confirm Omarosa's claim that Trump campaign officials were aware of a tape in which then-candidate Trump uses a racial slur, and they, and they talked about how they were going to handle it. If that's true, that means she was recording way back in the during the during campaign. The campaign. Yeah. During the campaign. Right, right. Oh, also, boy. I think it's I think it's interesting that Donald Trump says she was okay as long as she was saying nice things about me. In Donald Trump's world, the one thing you cannot do is criticize him. We've learned that before, right? Yeah. Uh, and of course, that that relates to the firing of Peter Strzok yesterday uh, at the White House. He committed the same crime that Amorosa did. But before we leave Amorosa, I thought the best comment uh, that I saw anybody make yesterday was uh, somebody tweeted, I forget now who it was, that summing up this whole little controversy, little, this big, what because Donald Trump won't shut up, what is, what is mushroomed now or exploded into a full-scale White House controversy is, the summed it up this way. Uh, in this little tangle, uh, one person is a clueless reality TV star who has no business being in the White House. The other is Amorosa. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, I love that. Uh, Donald Trump uh, left to Bedminster. He's back in the White House. 
left Bedminster, New Jersey yesterday. Hey, hey, I just want to interrupt really, Uh-oh. really, really quick. Do we have the tape? We, we don't no. have the tape quite yet, but here, right. here's here's some some more detail on the tape uh, from Abby Phillip from CNN. Uh, Omarosa gives CBS a tape of Katrina Pearson. Remember Katrina Pearson, uh, who worked on the Trump campaign, yeah. and uh, Lynn Patton on a conference call during the campaign about the alleged N-word tape. Pearson says on the tape, quote, he's said it, he is embarrassed, end quote. Now that's not him da, saying da, da. it on tape, right. but there is an acknowledgement from. Remember, yeah. Katrina Pearson was a was oh, yeah. was a big name on the campaign, yeah. so she owned up and said, "He said it. He is embarrassed." Which again gets back to like he's not embarrassed that he said it; he's embarrassed that he got caught. He but got, sure, but yeah. you know, we'll we'll see if the N word tape is out there. Seems like it's just a matter of time before we get it. <laughs> I, I, I'm, just, I'm just looking at he's it's Donald Trump uh, tweeting this morning all about the Peter Strzok firing. Before we get to Peter Strzok, Donald Trump left, uh, I was just saying, left Bedminster, New Jersey yesterday, went to Fort Drum, New York, where he signed uh, the McCain Defense Authorization Bill. Yes, this is a new, uh, uh, basically, uh, spending bill uh, for the Pentagon. Uh, it's $717 billion dollars. Named for Senator John McCain, the John S. McCain National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2019, Donald Trump signed that piece of legislation without mentioning its name, without saying anything about the senator in whose honor it is named, as a recognition of his great military service to this nation, uh, Donald Trump, and, of course, a senator who is now dying of a brain tumor, brain cancer, out in Arizona, Donald Trump not even taking the time to say, mention his name, let alone say anything nice about John McCain, which you might think would have been the right thing to do. No, but instead... The same day, then Donald Trump goes to a big fundraiser, I think maybe two fundraisers in, in New York, if I recall correctly. Uh, and, of course, he has to slam John McCain, again, not by name, but we know who he's talking about when he's talking about why he was unable to repeal Obamacare, which, of course, he promised over and over again as a candidate. Here he is yesterday slamming John McCain, having failed to even mention his name when he signed the McCain defense bill. Obamacare, we got rid of the individual mandate, which is the most unpopular aspect. I would have gotten rid of everything, but as you know, one of our one of our wonderful senators said, "Thumbs down at two o'clock in the morning." Uh, we had it all got, but we'll get rid of it anyway. Mo- Obamacare is essentially decimated. Yeah. Thank you, John McCain. We'll say it. We'll say it. Thank you, John McCain, for your service to this country. Uh, and thank you for your leadership in the United States Senate, and thank you for being one one critic, uh, one person in the Republican uh, caucus in the Senate who is willing to stand up. Not even Lindsey Graham will do it anymore. I haven't heard from Bob Corker or Jeff Flake even anymore. Only John McCain, the poor John McCain, who is still willing uh, to uh, take on uh, Donald Trump. Uh, we mentioned a couple of times Peter Strzok. Yeah, that was the other big news yesterday. 
Uh, the White House firing Peter Strzok. He's okay. He's the guy you remember. He's a twenty-year vet, twenty-one-year veteran of the uh, FBI. I was talking at CNN yesterday, talking with one of the reporters there who covers uh, the Justice Department, who said that Peter Strzok is really one of their most valuable people. Has been and has played an extremely important role in FBI investigations over the years into Russia, into China, uh, into wrongdoing in this country. Uh, he was one of the top officials in the uh, Hillary Clinton email investigation and then started out during the campaign time uh, on the Trump investigation. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he made a mistake at the time, exercised a lot of bad judgment. He was having an affair with uh, this woman, Lisa Page, and they sent some texts back and forth, neither one of them being big fans of Donald Trump. Yeah, breaking news, not every Republican in 2016 was a big fan of Donald Trump's, uh, but uh, they exchanged some uh, emails or texts on, on, on that on that on that point, um, and he was fired yesterday because of that. Uh, his lawyer claims that it was um, an, an abuse of the in-place procedures uh, at the White House that the person in charge of personnel, I mean at the FBI. As the person in charge of uh, personnel at the FBI actually did an investigation, concluded the investigation, and in his report he said that Peter Strzok, yes, had uh, acted inappropriately, uh, that the proper punishment would be a six-month suspension without pay, but Donald Trump wanted him fired. Donald Trump insisted that he be fired, and the White House, I mean the FBI and the Justice Department caved in and fired him uh, yesterday. And, of course, Donald Trump, again, and even this morning, that's all he's doing is texting about Peter Strzok, claiming that Peter Strzok, this proves that the whole Robert Mueller investigation was biased from the beginning. They were all out to get him. You've heard the word before. It was a witch hunt inspired by Democrats. There's only one thing wrong with Donald Trump's uh, attempt to use this to undermine Robert Mueller, and that is that as soon as Robert Mueller heard about the Peter Strzok text, Robert Mueller fired Peter Strzok from his investigation over a year ago. So whatever happened to Peter Strzok, and he made a bad mistake. I mean, I you know, I don't think he should have been fired, but I can't defend his in his position firing off those emails. Um, but whatever happens there, it's a minor sideshow. has nothing to do with Robert Mueller. In no way invalidates, just remember that, no matter what Donald Trump says, it in no way invalidates or undermines the credibility of Robert Mueller. He's on a uh, Uh-oh. tweet storm yes. this morning. Yeah, I've, I've seen as a— You've seen some of these, yeah. Um, he talks about uh, Peter Strzok. He says, we know this. The guy was corrupt and had anti-Trump animus, which, by the way, you know Trump did not write this tweet because he correctly oh, spelled it. Oh, animus. he says animus? He says animus, oh, no. and he correctly spelled it. Uh, Strzok and others of the FBI should be criminally investigated for the way the for the way the conduct conducted this investigation. Again, a misspelling. Instead, Mueller is pretending nothing went wrong. He used Strzok. He used the Clinton DNC dossier. The whole thing should be shut down. The Strzok firing shows that the fundamental underpinnings of the investigation were corrupt. It should be shut down by the courts. Or by honest prosecutors. So. He's just dog with a bone. He can't let go of it. That's exactly what it is. You know, over day in, day out, Robert Mueller, biased, trying to help Hillary, 
not, there's just no truth to it at all. But one thing, uh, if you do work at the White House, there is one little benefit. Yes, you may have to sign a non-disclosure agreement, but I don't know whether you heard, you can get a big discount at a Trump golf course. Yes, the new policy is reported this morning is that White House staffers have been told if you show up with your White House staff pin, the little things that the Secret Service gives out to make sure that you have uh, access to being around the president and uh, in, in the building where the president might happen to be at that time, you can get at Bedminster and at Mar-a-Lago a 15, your White House staffer, a 15% discount in the pro shop at the golf course. Isn't that great? You can buy your new clubs, you can buy your new T-shirts or your new polo shirts with the Donald Trump logo on it. It's the same discount, by the way, that members get, members who have to pay $350,000 to join at Bedminster, New Jersey. So just want you to know that uh, it's, it's not all bad to be working at the White House. Uh, you can get you to your Christmas shopping at the pro shop and get a 15% discount. Oh, my God. So much to talk about. Boy, we just barely scratched the surface of all the news of the day. We continue on the Amorosa vein and more. Coming up next with a good friend, Aswin Subsang from the Daily Beast, here uh, to help us through the news of the day. So we'll take a quick break and be right back. Don't go anywhere. Aswin Subsang joining us. Coming up next. And here we are on a Tuesday, Tuesday, August 14. Hello, 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 everybody. Great to see you today. Thank you for being part of the program, The Bill Press Show, live from our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., where we're brought to you today by the International Association of Firefighters. Yes, good men and women of the Firefighters Union under the present leadership of President Harold Schaefberger. Keeping uh, American families safe every day. Uh, we count on them, and they never let us down. Check out their website at iaff.org. And uh, good words out there in the state of Wisconsin, where the Wisconsin Head of the Firefighters Union in Wisconsin, Malin Mitchell, is uh, one of the leading Democratic candidates for governor today uh, in Wisconsin. We'll see how that uh, turns out. We've been talking a lot about Omarosa and the tapes. The news that Omarosa had secretly recorded her conversations, telephone conversations with Donald Trump, uh, came from the Daily Beast, and we salute the Daily Beast for that good work and welcome uh, one of their top reporters, Aswin Subsang, yeah. our friend here uh, to the studio this morning. Good work. Thank you. All right. You're out there. In fact, uh, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, and all gave credit to the Daily Beast for breaking the story. As they have before. All and right. It was uh, fun again last week. Now, the latest, just as, as you were walking in, Donald Trump, we've been talking about his uh, cascade of tweets about Omarosa. He can't seem to let low. Mueller, let Omarosa, go. Mueller, Omarosa. It's yeah. been your average Tuesday morning for the Trump White House. Struck Mueller, Omarosa. But here's, here's the latest, which may, which I think gets to a new low. Five minutes ago, Donald Trump. When you give a crazed, crying lowlife a break and give her a job at the White House, I guess it just didn't work out. Good work by General Kelly for quickly firing that dog. I mean, what the hell? Well, uh, one of Trump's verbal tics. Where's that- Megyn Kelly when we need her? 
Yeah, right. I don't think we ever need her. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> fair. That's, that's fair. fair. Right. You get um, my point, though. She, uh, <laughs> she. I think she's still languishing uh, at NBC for a job yeah. that uh, uh, does not suit her, and nobody wants her for anymore. But um, Megan Kelly aside. Yes, Megan Kelly aside. Um, yeah. What does this say about well, Donald well, Trump? Well, I mean, well, there's a lot to unpack there. But uh, like a dog or dog is an insult that Trump hurls a lot. He did it a lot publicly during the campaign. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, I think including yeah, in uh, stump speeches. Um, <clears throat> but still, I, 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 mean, I have a bit of a hypothesis about this. Uh, not only is it a preferred insult of his that he hurls around to a lot of people who aren't named Omarosa, Manic Altenhuman, but privately, Trump says the term like a bee, not the word bee, rhymes yeah, with itch, yeah. a lot. Including on the notorious Access Hollywood tape with Billy Bush, so I've that it's highly possible we've known Trump for a, a while now that like a dog is sort of his in public G-rated yeah. or PG-rated version of what he actually oh. wants to say. Because for for as much lack of impulse control as this president has, he actually does keep himself from swearing on Twitter. Now that he's present, the way he used to swear on Twitter years ago, and the way he um, does a lot privately, still. But I, you know, I, and this is politics aside. I just, I, and I'm not saying I use all the purest language, right? I'm not a, a, a evangelical when it comes no, to. No, I'm never. But, I'm not chastising him for it. No, I wish the president but, swore more in public. Amen. But, well, yeah, but I'm just, I'm. I'm I cannot cannot accept the president of the United States calling anybody, let alone a woman, let alone an African woman, a dog. And if we accept that, I mean, this this is is this the new normal? Do we let this a hole get away with whatever he wants to say and call people names like that, and nobody's going to say it's not about not being presidential. It's just not about being civil or human or decent. I mean, oh, the short answer to your question is yes. <laughs> Damn it, Swin. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I, but but so this but, is but a I say, normal, right? Yeah, but right. I say that, and if we as, accept it, then shame on us. Sure, but I, I say that sort of as a political metaphor for the Republican Party at large. It's not just about the, uh, little snipes that uh, President Trump tweets or things he says in public. It's about what he does that is far more um, um, noxious than that in terms of Trump administration policy. We saw that with his. Uh, ongoing waves of draconian immigration policy, uh, racist crackdown on voting rights, uh, sort of Trumpian versions of things of, that have been Republican, um, um, uh, part of Republican desires and policy for a long time. I, I could go on. Um, but there is a lot of stuff that is sort of, um, um, that includes uh, some of the awful racist, um, horrific things he, he, he says publicly nowadays and sometimes privately, including the S-hole well, countries thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah. My, my point is when I say sort of flippantly, yes, nobody's going to do anybody uh, anything about it. I'm talking about the GOP. They, they have shown no. over the past couple of years that they will not be a check on Donald oh, Trump oh, no, 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 no matter what he does. No, no. I mean, I'm, I'm, as you're talking, I'm just thinking about, okay, so, yeah, let's talk, uh, Kellyanne Conway. Let's hear her go out and defend this. Right? And you know she will. General Kelly, let's hear him go out and defend this. And you know he will. Mm -hmm. I mean, at what point do they just say, I can't stand this disgusting 
guy anymore. I'm not. I don't want to be around him. Anybody who calls women that, I just don't want anything to do with him. I'm walking out of here. Well, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she'll defend that statement today. Of course, she hasn't scheduled a briefing yet today. But what's new? But if she does, she'll defend calling Amarosa dog. Sure. I mean, uh, these uh, the senior staffers in uh, Trump's orbit and in Trump's West Wing, as a reporter covers the White House day in, day out, every day. Yeah. Um, uh, I, 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 so I take it for granted that these people will defend anything. I mean, uh, yeah, objectively, really bad. I get I get what you're saying. But I, I've just it's sort of like I, I've it's sort of like anti-truth Novocaine that I've uh, taken. Their response will be. Yeah, you have to. The, their response will be the the classic. You watch. I, I can predict this. She struck first, and what we know. This is Melania. Even Melania said this. What mm. we know about Donald Trump is, if you hit him, he's going to hit back. Sure. Uh, and and the, whatever, however he hits back, and whatever he says hitting back, it's okay. Well, the funny thing with uh, Omarosa Manigault Newman is uh, the Trump White House does have at least a shell of a point with uh, what they've been saying and what you just said. There, they have been saying that. She she struck first, and she's a disgruntled employee, and that her book is filled with lies. And what she's saying now, uh, they are. Um, th- this is sort of another version of uh, the Iran Iraq war happening in Trump world. There isn't really there isn't really a good side to this. There's Omarosa, oh. and then there's the rest of Trump world and the Trump White House and Trump himself and the Trump family. And the thing with Omarosa is, as we uh, have been reporting for a while now, now uh, um, Lachlan Marquet uh, and I at the Daily Beast, um, who both cover the White House together, uh, what we've reported for quite some time before any of this exploded, um, including what we wrote in stories late last year is about uh, Omarosa's like tumultuous exit and ouster from the Trump White House by um, uh, Chief of Staff John Kelly. If there was any evidence that Omarosa felt this way or even had an inkling of feeling this way about Donald Trump, that she, he's a bigot, he's a racist, he's a bad person, all, you know, accurate statements. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, there, if there was any slight indication that she felt this way or thought this way or was starting yeah. to think this way up until the moment she was ousted from the administration, it did not exist. It, she it, w- Up until the wait, very end, she went uh, out of... Right. I just got to interrupt for some breaking news here, Peter. I just want to play. I have the audio of what Omarosa played on CBS this morning. CBS got it overnight. They put it together in a package. So here's a little bit of the audio with some of the uh, commentary or the reporting by CBS. So just to set the table a little bit, it's Katrina Pearson. Um, it's Jason Miller. Oh, it's uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, it's Omarosa, and it's Lynn Patton, who was then the assistant to Eric Trump, who has gone on to work in uh, HUD. So it's the four of them on the call, and they're trying to figure out what are they going to do about this tapes. I'm trying to find out at least what context it was used in to help us maybe try to figure out a way to spin it. Patton then described a conversation she had with then-candidate Trump about making the slur. I said, well, sir, can you think of any time that this might have happened? And he said no. Well, that's not true. He goes, how do you think I should handle it? And I told him exactly what you just said, Marissa, which is, well, it depends on what scenario you're talking about. And he said, well, why don't you just go ahead and put it to bed? I don't know what the scandal is. No, he said it. He's embarrassed. 
Okay, so, so just 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 a here. little bit. Yeah. yeah. So you'll hear when uh, the the voice that says, "No, that's not true," because it was a person that said he said uh, that was Katrina Pierce who said uh, he said know, it. He well, it was I'm Katrina. Pe- or it, was, it was excuse me. It was Lynn Patton originally in that clip who says we need to put it to bed. He didn't. He says he didn't say it, and it was Amarosa's voice that says, "Oh no, that's not true. He said it." And then it's Katrina Pearson at the end that says, he said it, he's embarrassed. So that's the context for that new tape from Omarosa from CBS this morning. Which, um, if if the tape is accurate and certainly sounds accurate, we know who the players are and it'd be a hard time denying that, uh, it confirms that Donald Trump, at least on one occasion... <laughs> when he was at The Apprentice, and we could assume on more occasions, uh, freely used the N-word. And that's what Omarosa claims uh, in her book, and she claimed last night uh, on Hardball. Um, are we surprised at that? Surprised at which part of that? That Donald Trump using the N-word? No, I'm not. I mean, True, but... Um, of course, as... he denies it, so are we surprised that he would... <laughs> tell a lie? No, we're not surprised at that either. Well, I I actually, uh, back during the campaign and up uh, through the presidential transition in uh, late 2016, I actually looked into this because it's been a longstanding rumor since yeah. the days of the campaign yeah. that there is a Donald Trump N-word tape dating back to his days at The Apprentice. Okay. Um, I talked to uh, dozens upon dozens of people at The Apprentice for a series of stories or who used to work at The Apprentice, right. some still do, some don't anymore, uh, to sort of get Donald Trump-related stories as the campaign was wrapping up. Uh, we published a lot of them, some of which looked, made Donald Trump look pretty nasty. I couldn't find a single person who knew what the hell people were talking about when it came to this, this, mythical, this mythical N-word tape. And so far, that's still the case based on my reporting and the reporting of other people, including Yashar Ali, the Huffington Post, who popped a story, I think, about nine or ten hours ago, where the person who Omarosa had claimed to people had come to the White House and played her a tape of Donald Trump saying uh, that racial right. epithet, sort of laughed on the phone. It's like, no, what, what is Omarosa talking about? But uh, just as a side note, one thing that I did uncover in my time of investigating in late 2016, Donald Trump's time on The Apprentice was there was this episode where uh, the rapper Lil Jon, who's a black man, uh, was wearing an Uncle Sam outfit. And uh, Donald Trump saw, saw him and said to people around him and producers, look, he's an Uncle Tom. And people had to tell him. Uh, sir, you mean Uncle Sam. Uncle Tom is an offensive term towards black people. Trump, being Trump, refused to believe he was wrong. I was like, no, I think you guys are wrong. It's Uncle Tom. That That's something you say. So he's kept calling Lil' John and Uncle Tom to the point where it set off this sort of mini crisis among apprentice staff to the point where Don Trump called Lil' John, Uncle Tom, to his face in the boardroom in something that was never aired on the show, The Celebrity Apprentice. And Lil John had to confront Donald Trump about it to tell him to please <laughs> stop did, using that term. Did he? Did uh, he? Finally. And yeah. it was I mean, funny no. because— Did he what, confront him? No, he did. He, he did. did. Yeah, yeah. Lil John did confront Donald Trump. And uh, Hope Hicks, on the record, said this story was simply untrue when I reported it. I think about an hour after I did report it in October 2016, Lil John put out a statement confirming it. Of course. So okay. even though of Donald course. Trump may have never said the N-word on tape during his time at The Apprentice— 
this is an example of <laughs> something he did do. Well, right. you know, you know th- that that's an interesting pattern that you just pointed out because, like, yeah. the thing that the They're Trump not. administration does, whether it's Trump himself or Hope Hicks or Sarah Huckabee Sanders or Sean Spicer, any of these people, they try and force it into a he said, she said, or he said, he said, because then, in the in the world of Donald Trump, no one can really know what happened, right? Like they just sort of push it as far into that into that corner as they can the difference of course now is if there are actually tapes which we've gotten a taste of a couple of them already from Omarosa it's really hard to have a he said he said or he said she said conversation with like when you've got it on the record Mm -hmm. I I would point out though that um, even even if there are tapes that Omarosa and her uh, team right now do unveil even then I personally and would urge others to approach them with extreme caution sure. and realize that they could be selectively edited, they could be taken out of context, there could be parts of the recordings that Omarosa is refusing to show because it will make her look bad or subvert her narrative, knowing that other people probably weren't recording the conversation and won't be able to refute it in the same way. Um, I, and, how and many, I, tape, I'm how many no tapes defend- does she have? No, I, no idea. Um, uh, people f- think, some fear, dozens. Yeah. Um, <coughs> But, I mean, I'm obviously no defender of uh, President Trump here or his uh, um, or his motley crew. But Omarosa, until very recently, was a part of that, and Absolutely. she she has been... as at the very least she has as little credibility as a bunch of the people she's attacking right now. Uh, totally, I don't think anybody in this whole business has any credibility. I mean, certainly Donald Trump has zero credibility, right. and I and, think Omarosa has zero credibility. And when they're accusing her of just trying to cash in on her former proximity to the uh, president and the presidency, um, that 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 rings especially true when you take into account as multiple people, uh, numerous people have told us since late last year that up until she was kicked out of the administration. She would tell anyone who would listen how much she loved the president, how loyal she was to him, how she would never stab him in the back, and how much he loved her. Okay, and so this gets to the point of the non-disclosure agreements, which which she was asked to sign and which everybody apparently in a top with a top job at the White House. Completely unenforceable. Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, so from what we've seen in the Washington Post there's a big story this morning, that they some of them differ on how far they go, but basically they say you have to agree you will never talk to anybody about anything you know learn at the White House, never say anything critical about anybody who works here, boom, 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 for the rest of your life. How can that be enforceable? It's not. Well, it's it's simply not. Um, the the as best as I can tell, these were trotted out as a way to please President Trump, who used these. In his business, yeah, what well, you're more allowed to do that, but yeah. uh, working in the people's house for the federal government, where you're sort of you know subsidized and beholden to the taxpayers, a little bit harder. Now, how about um, the deals where Amaris um, was saying she was offered, and we know now that other people have been offered. She says dozens have accepted the buyout, basically, where you. It's sort of like Stormy Daniels. They'll pay you $180,000 a year, $15,000 a month. And you get shuffled off to an allied group or right. institution. Right, where you probably don't have to work at all, but they'll pay you just for you to it's... continue to keep quiet. Do we know how many people accepted this deal and how many people are now on the uh, keep silent, hush uh, money payroll? It's still something uh, um, 
we at the Daily Beast, I'm sure numerous other reporters at other publications are looking into. But I think it is an important story because given what we know so far, the thread to pull on, I think it's important to get to the bottom of, are are these allied pro-Trump groups and, and, and organizations being used in large part with with their vast swaths of donor money to essentially like park people there, not do much and keep them quiet. Um, it's it, it it is a um, if so, I'm, I'm not sure if troubling is the word uh, for it. <laughs> That's one word for it. But it's because these are people you're right. Let's say for the campaign and allegedly uh, Amorosa's offer was from the Lara Trump mm-hmm. the for the campaign. Yeah. So these are people making small donors all across the country donating to the cause they think the noble cause of getting Donald Trump reelected and instead their money's going to pay off uh, Amoroso or according to the Washington Post it's not the campaign necessarily but two other people they name who have such a deal and have accepted such a deal are uh, Keith Schiller mm-hmm. and Sean Spicer. Yeah. And uh, Keith Schiller ended up with, a, I believe it was a $15,000 a month contract yeah, from the RNC. Right. Very different from an outside yeah. pro-Trump group. That is that the official arm of the Republican Party. And um, yeah, uh, Sean he, Spicer, who ended up at America First, mm-hmm. which, which is a pro-Trump outside group and uh, notorious, even before we knew all of this, for sort of um, acting as a safe landing spot. You get a flashy title of senior advisor where you don't actually have to do that much in terms of substantive work. Uh, it's sort of um, America First has sort of been for many months now an island of Trumpian misfit toys. You get ousted from something, you don't end up in the White House, you can have a soft yeah. landing there for at least a bit. Corey Lewandowski was there for a while among many other people. All right, so how did Amorosa get her recording device into the situation room? Um, as far as we can tell right now, she just took in her phone. She just had and it in nobody, her pocket. And, yeah, and nobody asked her. There's no, there's no, I guess, a security guard there to say, uh, go to frisk you or look in your purse or look in your pocket well, as, or whatever. Um, it's an honor system, in other words. Sure, as... And Many people have pointed out who uh, know the details of the Situation Room and skiffs in this town way better than I do. They simply say it's like, look, like, like you were saying, a lot of it's done on, done on honor honor code. If you're a senior official in the White House and you're entering the Situation Room, it's taken for granted that oh, you're going to take your phone out of your pocket and put it in that big right. box area outside right. of the Situation Room where you're supposed to put your phone. Like this is how skiffs work in Washington D.C., uh, which are right. secure. Uh, places to view or discuss classified information. And Omarosa just, just didn't do it. So how many other people in the White House are recording their conversations? Who with, knows? With the president or anybody else? Yeah, I guess that's the answer. Who knows? But certainly the White House has got to be thinking about that today. I mean, I'll, I'll uh, have a candid moment here uh, to you as a uh, someone who covers the White House. Um, you record I, your... <laughs> Go ahead. No, yes. no, 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 I don't. Right. Uh, but whenever I'm talking to these people, um, I I am very careful, whether in person or over the phone, to not say anything that I wouldn't mind showing up online publicly because I just assume that someone somewhere will one day clandestinely um, uh, record me 
for some reason, maybe not even for some nefarious purpose, maybe just the equivalent of uh, uh, taking notes, but easier, which is what Omar. Why are you so paranoid? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you more paranoid? It's just just good OPSEC as a reporter. And honestly, if I were a senior official working in this White House, I would act the exact same way for completely different reasons. I think you're absolutely right. Is Donald Trump recording his conversations? Well, he's been known to in the past. Who who knows how much he does so in the Oval Office? Now, and look, and D.C. is a one-party consent state for recordings, so I'm not alleging anything illegal here. I'm just saying some people may be uh, um, taking out more insurance policies than other people, and that's certainly what Omarosa did. And whatever we want to say about her tactics or her motives right now, it's paying off in dividends for her. She, well, she has a perhaps... A treasure trove of recordings, whether taken out of context or selectively edited or not, that she's able to dribble out as much as she wants to right now to sort of hold the attention of the national press. And she is doing so brilliantly. And you have a lot of questions that we raised this morning that you've got to get back to work on. So we'll let you go. And thank you for coming in today. Always a pleasure. And your great work at the Daily Beast, dailybeast.com. We'll be right back. Hey, friends, don't be a stranger. Keep up to date with all of the Bill Press Show happenings around the clock on social media. Here's how. You can follow us on Twitter at BP Show or on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Bill Press Show and on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. And remember, if you haven't already done so, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, please rate and review the show. That means a lot to us. And thanks so much for your support. Giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show, live at YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. There are new tapes. Every time Amarosa appears on television, it seems, she releases a new tape, the latest one this morning, confirming uh, the tape is accurate, that there is a tape of Donald Trump in his apprentice years freely using the N-word and the staff of the Trump campaign was very worried about what they were going to do about it. That's the latest. Hard you got to run fast to keep up to date with all this uh, with the Amorosa scandal. We're trying to do so here with your help on the Bill Press Show on this uh, Tuesday, August 14. Come to you live as always from our nation's capital with the news of the day. That of course is not the only news of the day. Uh, the FBI firing uh, their 21-year veteran investigator top investigator Peter Strzok yesterday because of the critical comments that he made over email back in the campaign days, critical of uh, Donald Trump, hardly the only uh, Republican or conservative who was not excited about the candidacy of Donald Trump. Uh, But that is today the unforgivable sin, uh, a sin that is uh, serious enough criticizing Donald Trump to get you fired, whether you're Peter Strzok at the FBI or Amorosa Monigo Newman at the White House. Lots to talk about. Send us your comments on Twitter at BP Show. Keep us up to date with what you think about the news of the day. 
And we will jump right into the news of the day with the help of Nikki Schwab from the New York Post is going to join us in just a little bit and then Eliza Collins from USA Today. But first, this is the Full Court Press. Just a couple of other stories making news. Bill, let's go to California, Lancaster, California, to be exact. There was a, a couple of weeks ago, actually, there was a police chase at a supermarket uh, a man robbed the store. Police showed up. They chased him. He went up to the roof, and then the cops just completely lost track of him. They didn't find the guy. They didn't know where he really? went. They gave up on the chase. He was on the they, roof? They, he went up to the roof, and that's the last they saw of him, right? So they just assumed he got away. Well, there was a—this is a little morbid. There was a very bad smell around the supermarket. <laughs> And what had happened was there's, like, an entrance column. Like, when you walk into the supermarket, there's a big column up front. And at the top, it was not a lid on it. So the guy went up to the roof and then fell into it, and he couldn't get out. Mm. Let's just say this. They brought they brought a plumber to come out to check out what they thought was a sewage leak. It was actually their criminal oh. who had passed away inside of this column that people had been walking past for weeks. So thank you for that story. Justice has been served. <laughs> justice has been served. By the way, you want to talk about the uh, election, the integrity of our electoral process yesterday at DEFCON 26, which is a very big hacking convention where they try and like bring uh, hackers to try and see what they can do to hack different websites. Well, there was an 11 year old boy who hacked a mock version of Florida's election website in less than 10 minutes. Oh, my God. So if you think about that, think about that. We're talking about online voting and all of that and the democracy and the free and fair elections that we have here in America. Think about the fact that an 11-year-old child sat in front of a computer and hacked Florida's election website in a matter of minutes. Uh, He went on there uh, and changed the Florida's election website altogether. And by the way, not only that, there was another 11-year-old, 11-year-old girl manipulated the site to make it appear that libertarian candidate Darrell Castle had won Florida's presidential vote in 2016. So they just got in there and completely ruined what's supposed to be a pretty uh, airtight system. Uh, And of course, this happened in Florida. 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 Yeah, right. Yeah. Nothing could go wrong with our elections in Florida, right, Bill? No, they're still counting hanging chads. Right, (laughs) right, exactly. They can't even get that right. (laughs) This is the Bill Press Show. Oh, man, another tape, another day, another show, another tape from Amarosa and the president has sunk to a, well, uh, sadly, it's not a new low for him, but a new low in this particular spat calling Amarosa this morning, calling her a dog. Well, I guess he, at least he didn't say pig. Oh, God, what a pig he is. Hello, everybody. What do you say? It is the Bill Press Show here on a Tuesday, Tuesday, August 14. So good to see you. So good to have you with us. And lots and lots to talk about. As we always say, there is never a dull day in Trump world. Uh, And certainly today is not a dull day. It has started off like a house of fire. 
uh, with lots and lots and lots to talk about as we join you nationwide. From our studio on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., we start out here and end up wherever you are in this great land of ours online on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Looking at you on Free Speech TV, hello, 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 and, of course, on the radio, Greater Chicago area, we got it covered thanks to WCPT, and we welcome all of you CPTers uh, to the uh, program again uh, this morning. Nikki Schwab will be joining us very shortly here from uh, the New York Post, covers the White House for the New York Post. Eliza Collins joins us uh, after that, uh, covers the Congress for USA Today. And the big stories we're looking at, yes, the latest in the spat between Donald Trump and Omarosa. It just keeps getting more heated uh, and, and uglier by the minute. FBI firing One of its top investigators yesterday, Peter Strzok, for critical comments he had made. How dare he say anything critical about the president of the United States? Big primaries today in Wisconsin and Minnesota and a couple of other states. And the son of a veteran Republican congressman from Virginia gives money to the Democrat who is trying to take his dad's place in the United States Congress just showing that uh, politics (laughs) ain't always predictable, I guess. Lots and lots to talk about, and we always want to hear from you and your comments on Twitter, uh, at BP Show, at BP Show. And so far, Peter, generated a good lineup of comments so far this morning. Lots of comments already this morning online. Let's start with Twitter. As you mentioned, we're on Twitter, at BP Show. Richard Contreras says, oh, Lordy, I hope there are tapes. The Russians in the Oval Office, Putin in Helsinki, and the I love it crowd. Yeah, I mean, who knew that James Comey was was so prescient when he said, Lordy, I hope there are tapes. Oh, Lordy, I hope there are tapes. Uh, Also, we had one tweet. One person tweeting says, Amarosa has finally given me a reason to wake up in the morning. (laughs) They just want to hear what tapes are coming out. Yes, Our friend KG on Twitter says, Donald Trump has already uh, prepared his rebuttal just saying the tapes are fake audio. Which is probably how he'll handle it. Yes, of course. That's that's probably how I see this playing out. Don't forget, by the way, we're also on YouTube. YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Uh, YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Smacky Piper friend says, I'm just surprised no one has ended up dead yet. Then you'll know we really are in Putin territory. Um, yeah, I don't disagree with that. Like, we could absolutely be going into that direction. Also, um... One other comment uh, says, those tapes of hers only made me respect John Kelly. Firing her was one of the sane, responsible adult decisions he has made. Find us on, on, on Twitter at BP Show and in YouTube on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. We can get your comments there. Yes, and we have the latest Amorosa tape here and the latest uh, response from the President of the United States in just a minute. But, you know, you get too consumed with this. Um, who was it? Oh. It was our friend Jen Bendry from HuffPost last week who warned us about the dead cat theory, right, which is um, we get so tied up in some of these little scandalous things about Donald Trump, whether it's uh, his latest tweet on Robert Mueller or his latest tweet on Peter Strzok or his latest tweet against Omar Issa, uh, uh that somebody could throw a dead cat on the table and we just ignore it because we're all talking about this other stuff. So uh, let's not focus all all on the dead cat. There are a couple of other stories we haven't been able to touch on uh, uh, yet this morning. 
uh, and uh, start on those while we're waiting for Nikki Schwab to join us. One of them is that Steve Miller, great story. In fact, in fact Peter, we should post this on our, our link to it on our website. Um, Politico had a great story yesterday written by the name about Steve Miller. Remember Stephen Miller, he's the president's uh, top, attorney, top advisor on immigration issues. He is the hard-ass, uh, and John Kelly's his partner, by the way, the two of them uh, are the two most hard-ass people around Donald Trump on immigration who are responsible for trying to scuttle totally the Dreamers program, the fact that there's been uh, no comprehensive immigration uh, uh, immigration reform uh, legislation, uh, the fact that um, the, the, the um, zero-tolerance policy at the border announced by Jeff Sessions comes right from Stephen Miller. All this deal of talking about getting rid of chain migration, it's all Stephen Miller. Uh, they, the, the, the push on the part of the White House to cut uh, the number of people who come here legally each year to reduce the number of refugees accepted in the United States. It's all Stephen Miller. Uh, well, there's a big article in Politico by a man by the name of David Glosser who says that Stephen Miller, when it comes to this issue, is a, it, this issue of immigration is a total, total hypocrite. And he points out that Stephen Miller's ancestors came from a little... Uh, the little Jewish family persecuted Jews in Belarus, uh, and uh, his great grandfather, I believe it is, Stephen Miller's great grandfather, uh, escaped from there, made his way to the United States, came to Ellis Island, and then turned around and brought his brother over with him. Was able to bring his brother. Was able to bring other family members here. Uh, they flourished in the United States, made a lot of money, did very successfully, and they all came in through family reunification program, which Stephen Miller and Donald Trump call chain migration. So that Stephen Miller and his family are here as a result of the very program that Stephen Miller is now leading to exterminate, to end uh, this, again, family reunification program. And, of course... Stephen Miller is not the only hypocrite in that area. So is the president himself and the first lady of the United States. Because, as we pointed out yesterday, over the weekend, Melania Trump's father and mother both became U.S. citizens. And, yes, they came to this country because Melania was here and she was able to get them in through what Donald Trump calls and condemns as chain migration. But it was good that somebody unmasked Stephen Miller, and the man, David Glosser, who wrote that article, says, uh, and you can trust me for telling the truth because I am Stephen Miller's uncle. And he knows the family history. Uh, other good news, out of Florida. Boy, I was glad to see yesterday. I'm sure if you watch the news at all. You've seen uh, the video outside a convenience store last week. Uh, when there was a dispute in front of the convenience store about a parking spot and two men got into a tangle, and one of them pushed the other guy down, fell on the ground, and the guy on the ground turns around, pulls out a gun. The man who had gotten into the altercation with him sees a gun. He backs away, starts walking. He was the uh, uh, manager or whatever of the convenience store, 
starts walking away back into the store, at which point the guy on the ground uh, fires, shoots him. The guy runs into the convenience store and collapses in front of his five-year-old son and later dies at the scene. The sheriff of whatever that town was in Florida initially said he wasn't going to press charges because of, under the stand-your-ground law in Florida, that uh, this man had every right to defend himself. Well, fortunately, the state attorney of Florida studied that videotape and came out with a different conclusion yesterday, arresting the man and charging him with manslaughter, for which he could get 30 years uh, in prison. You know, I, I because... Uh, thank every, God there were two, yeah. at least two levels of law enforcement to look at that tape. You know, because we live in an age where everything is online and we can see these videos, right, like... I would encourage you to go and look at this video. It is not easy to watch, but you can actually see how ludicrous the stand your ground laws are. Right. Like in uh, that yeah. one video, right? Like we didn't yeah. see what happened with Trayvon Martin, which was the probably the most notorious stand your ground law case, but you can see what happened here. And it is the most insane law that we have on the Ab- books as, absolutely. as a country. It's crazy. And in this case, it's a very clear case. Look. They get into a little, they get into an argument. They 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 start trading punches and or pushing each other. Yeah, and one guy he pushes, he's able to push the other guy down to the ground. His life is hardly at risk by being thrown to the ground. And uh, and the guy who was killed has started already started when he sees a gun walking, backing up, walking away, getting away from him. He wasn't lunging at him. He wasn't threatening him. He wasn't doing anything. And the guy because he had a gun. And because it's Florida, uh, he knew he thought at least he could get away with it. He fires, and if this, according to the sheriff, he would have gotten away with it. Um, and then finally, other story before we're you know don't hold on, hold on. We're going to get to Amorosa <laughs> and the new tape. I know everybody wants to hear the new tape. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but I got to mention what happened in Virginia yesterday. So Robert Goodlatte is this a very conservative. It doesn't fit Virginia at all any anymore. Uh, Republican congressman, who's the one who held the hearing at which he really browbeat Peter Strzok, the guy from the FBI who was fired yesterday, uh, and uh, attacked him and, and, and wouldn't listen to him and kept cutting him off, uh, treated him like dirt, or to use the word that his son used, he just was grandstanding uh, in the Peter Strzok hearing. Robert Goodlatte has announced his uh, plans to retire, and his son yesterday, when Peter Strzok was fired, his son g- uh, g- gave the maximum amount possible, whatever it is, 2500 or something, to the woman Jennifer Lewis, Democrat, who is running to replace his father uh, in, the, uh, in the United States Congress. Just sort of making a statement like, this is not the Republican Party that I knew, that I was proud of. I'm ashamed of my father, uh, accused his father of grandstanding and gave money to the uh, Democratic opponent. Um, I would like to think we could win that seat and, you know, maybe with that little bit of publicity, pick up that seat in Virginia. That'd be awesome. Yeah. What's going on with Republicans and their family members? Yeah, hello. You know, like, it, it's, it was amazing how yesterday the, the Miller uh, uh, story and yeah, the, the op-ed from his broke. uncle was just like, oh, my God, this is crazy that you've got this family member call, publicly calling him out like that. And then 
hours later, just a couple of hours later, Bob Goodlad's son just completely yeah. ups the ante on that. It was a wild day. Right. All right. Yes, indeed. So Amorosa is back. She's got a new tape. She was on CBS morning this morning. Uh, and um, she now the issue here is she had claimed in her book that around The Apprentice, NBC, there is a tape where Donald Trump is freely using the N-word. He insists he never used it, never in his life, never escaped his lips. Uh, he has uh, had uh, various people tweet, call him. He's retweeted their calls that there's no such tape. It's a phony story. Well, Amorosa shows up with a tape which seems to prove that she's right and they are wrong. Uh, before we listen to the tape, Peter, tell us again who the characters are, what we should be listening for, because they're four. This is during the 2016 campaign. Yeah, yeah. So post Apprentice days during the 2016 campaign, when this tape surfaces, and these are four campaign staffers who are trying to figure out how to deal with it. So there are four different people on the call: Amarosa, Lynn Patton, who was then she now works with HUD, but she used to be the assistant to Eric Trump, uh, Katrina Pearson. And Jason Miller, who's no longer with the Trump campaign at all or the Trump administration. And you don't hear Miller's voice on this call. So it's going to start out with Lynn Patton talking about the, the this tape. And you'll hear Omarosa interrupt. And then you'll hear Katrina Pearson. So here's the report directly from CBS News uh, this morning. I'm trying to find out at least what context it was used in to help us maybe try to figure out Patton then described a conversation she had with then-candidate Trump about making the slur. I said, well, sir, can you think of any time that this might have happened? And he said no. Well, that's not you know, true. How do you so... think, he goes, how do you think I should handle it? And I told him exactly what you just said, Marissa, which is, well, it depends on what scenario you're talking about. And he said, well, why don't you just go ahead and put it to bed? So Lynn Patton is the one that that you hear there sort of saying, oh, he says he didn't say it. And, uh, and Omarosa and interrupts and says, that's not true. That's not true. He said it. Now, again, remember, this was two years ago during the during the 2016 campaign. So like we've known this. They've known this for quite some time now. Right. And she's and, saying clearly, I didn't pick up the first time I listened to it, that she is talking to Donald Trump, candidate Trump, yep. about what how we're going to handle this. Yep. And he says, I didn't say it. And then that's when Omarosa says, that's not true. That's not true. And then he tells her, just put it to bed. Yeah. But, you know. Handle this for me. Make this meaning, go away. Lie about it. Yeah. Deny it. It should be pointed out that Lynn Patton is also a woman of color. So is Katrina Pearson. So is Omarosa. So you've got three women of color that Donald Trump is basically just sort of saying, go handle this. Go put this. Go go make sure that this, this doesn't happen. And Katrina Pearson is the last voice you hear on the tape that says, he said it. He's embarrassed. So Omarosa knows he said it. Katrina Pearson knows he said it. Lynn Patton on the call seems to imply that it happened, even though she says that Trump tell told her that it didn't happen. So, like, they all know what happened. Uh, the question is, where is the tape? Who has it? Um, Amorosa last night on Hardball uh, indicated 
that the people who have the tape, she's on with Chris Matthews on Hardball, that the people who have the tape are planning to use it uh, sometime between now and the midterms. When you heard the tape, uh, did you get a sense that the person, who, I know you don't want to give away the source, that the person who has the tape or a, a, a copy of it is planning to use it at some point? Yes, in fact, I believe that they're using it for politically motivated things. In fact, they may... Before November? Before November. Another Are they October Democrats? Surprise. I don't know what their political... You don't know? You don't know what they're moderate that Republicans they used, be, or... they used to be a part of the production staff for The Apprentice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the tape is out there. Somebody's got it. They plan to use it, according to Amorosa, uh, in this in this uh, midterm season. And she says, in addition to that, uh, under questioning by Chris Matthews, that she heard Donald Trump routinely uh, use the N-word uh, and talk very negatively and stereotypically, if you will, about African-Americans while he was, uh, while she was there as part of the team on The Apprentice. Uh, particularly, she, she names one person that he would uh, say things about. How many times did you hear Mr. Trump, your former boss, how many times did you hear him use the N-word? Multiple times. And what's upsetting. I mean, like five or ten or what? It was three minutes. Multiple times. And what's upsetting about it is it was about someone that was on the cast with me, about Kwame Jackson, who was the African-American contestant, male contestant. It was about him. On the first season of The Apprentice. From and that's why it was, distub- it was so disturbing. Was it a kind of derogatory sort of... Uh, the stuff, and some grew, of it, I'm older than you, grew up with some of the bad stuff. Was it like, was there like derogatory references to him it sounded, as an African-American? This is stereotypical com- commentary. Well, how would you describe it, it to a person? It sounded as if he used it every day. It rolled off his mouth, kind of like when you first heard the Access Hollywood tape. You yeah. would never imagine he talked that way. It just kind of rolled off of his tongue. And Donald Trump, who uh, cannot let uh, anything Donald Rose uh, says go uh, unresponded to, uh, is tweeting this morning and sinks to a new low, if you ask me. Here is about Amorosa. By the way, we should put it, he, he attacked her all day yesterday. All day called yesterday. Called her a low life, yeah, called her right. wacky, called her deranged. Mm-hmm. But as you said, he takes it to a whole new level this morning. Uh, so less than an hour ago, uh, Donald Trump tweeting, quote, when, this is the President of the United States, ladies and gentlemen, quote, when you give a crazed, crying lowlife a break and give her a job at the White House, I guess it just didn't work out. Good work by General Kelly. Now, you could end it right there and, okay, a grieved president who shouldn't be talking about this, but at any rate has to. But he doesn't end it right there. He goes on. Good work by General Kelly for quickly firing He could say Amorosa. No, he doesn't say that either. Good work by General Kelly for quickly firing that dog. Oof, man. Disgusting. That is disgusting. I mean, for anybody, let alone the President of the United States. You know, uh, I'd, I'd like... Somebody ought to make a list of the things that Donald Trump has called women. I don't want to be the one to make that list. That is depressing. Think about it. Yeah. I mean, it does go back to Megyn Kelly's question at the very, very first debate, right? Yeah. And, and his response to that was just it, as nasty. Yeah. And, it, and and exactly. And it hasn't stopped and it won't stop. And that's who we've got. Um, 
I, 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 again, I can't wait to hear Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and you know she will, defend that today. Defend calling anybody a dog. Uh, I can't wait to hear Kellyanne Conway defend it, or General Kelly defend it. Uh, but they will. They have no honor, they have no self-respect, and they have no dignity, and neither does the President uh, of the United States. You know, he proved that again yesterday, by the way, when um, he signed the McCain, John McCain, the official title. National Defense Here Authorization Act. Yes, the national, the John S. McCain National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2019. He went to Fort Drum Army Base in New York and signed that legislation. What was it? What was remarkable about it is so this is this is the defense authorization bill for this year, uh, seven hundred and seventeen billion dollars, named uh, in honor of a war hero, in recognition of his service to this country, Senator John McCain, who is battling brain cancer, of course, out in Arizona and may not come back to the U.S. Senate. It would have been the occasion for Donald Trump to say something nice about John McCain, about his service to this country, about why he is signing a bill that is named for him. Instead, he didn't even mention the name of the bill he was signing. Deliberately did not, had to, had to. Oh, of course. Deliberately not mention and said nothing at all about Senator John McCain. But then he goes on to a Republican fundraiser where the real Donald Trump comes out again when he takes a slam at John McCain, not by name, but we know who he's talking about. Obamacare, we got rid of the individual mandate, which is the most unpopular aspect. I would have gotten rid of everything, but as you know, one of our one of our wonderful senators said, "Thumbs down at two o'clock in the morning." Uh, we had it all got, but we'll get rid of it anyway. Mo- Obamacare is essentially decimated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Obamacare. Uh, yeah, uh, and, and notice the the slam at uh, at John McCain, who was not the only person that Donald Trump attacked in that speech. Uh, again, he can't resist. Here we go. <laughs> you see a pattern here? African-American woman, although this time it wasn't Amorosa. It was Congresswoman Maxine Waters from California, favorite target. Maxine Waters, the new face of the Democrat Party. Maxine Waters, he's a real beauty. Notice he's picked up on the Newt Gingrich Democrat Party. Uh, totally, totally, yeah, to- totally. Yeah, yeah. And also, look. Maxine Waters has done a great job. I don't know that anybody's calling her the new face of the Democratic Party. Uh, hardly, right? Uh, she's uh, she's a good friend of mine. I love her, and uh, and she's been a great Congresswoman from uh, uh, from California. And I love the fact that she's driven that she drives Donald Trump crazy. She's been a political force for a lot longer than he has. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I work very closely with Maxine Waters, and I was a state chair, Democratic state chair of California. But of course, again. He's got to uh, talk about this is a this is who was it the other day who was telling us? Oh, no, this was what Don Lemon said. This is a classic way for white racist to put down African-Americans. Maxine. Boy, oh, boy, I watch her. Crazy Maxine. Low IQ person. Low IQ. Right. Call them dumb. Right. Call them dumb. That's a 
that 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 that's that's the mo of of white white racist white supremacist the mo of Donald Trump. Oh boy, uh, so much to talk about, and uh, we'll take a quick break, and lots more coming up here. Nikki Schwab joins us. She covers the White House for the New York Post. You know this is going to be an exciting day at the White House because Donald Trump is back in town, and there's going to be a lot to answer for. Uh, I don't think we have a briefing scheduled yet, but uh, it'll be a doozy if there is one today. Nikki Schwab will join us and tell us all about it coming up. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at BP Show. This is the Bill Press Show. All right, a busy Tuesday, August 14. Hello, everybody. Uh, the Bill Press Show. Welcome, welcome, and thank you so much for being part of the program as we come to you live from our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and our studio on Capitol Hill, brought to you today by the United Steelworkers and their international president, the one and only Leo Gerard, a great fighter for working families here in this country and leader of the United Steelworkers, North America's largest industrial union, representing over 1.2 million active and retired members. Their website, usw.org. Check it out. Covering the White House for the New York Post and stirring things up every day. Nikki Schwab (laughs) joining us in studio. Hello, Nikki. Nice hi, to see hi, you. Hi, Bill. Happy uh, Omarosa Tuesday. Happy, happy the Omarosa book is Tuesday. Out. <laughs> I mean, so help us out here. So uh, Omarosa comes out last night and says on Hardball, we played the tape and we can play it again, uh, that uh, there's this tape back in the Apprentice days, Donald yes. Trump using the N-word, and she'd heard it, and people have it, and they're going to use it. And then suddenly there was this flurry of denials last night from people who said this tape does not exist, right? Or well, correct. this or, conversation it was, never it, it took was place. It was this conversation that took place during campaign 2016, the one that Peter described with Lynn Patton. I believe that Jason Miller was also on the call, but he's not heard on the call. And also uh, Katrina Pearson, who was Trump's communications sort of head person, spokesperson for the campaign. So the three of them are heard on this, or were allegedly on this uh, on this call and talked about the tape. Well, last night after, you know, Omarosa sort of talks about this, Katrina Pearson goes on Fox News and she very much denies that this conversation ever happened. Then uh, Mm. Lynn also, instead of going on TV, because she's sort of a in the background type gal, uh, works for HUD now. She put out this lengthy statement and said, you know, this conversation that Omarosa is describing uh, never happened. Oh. And so then what does what happens this morning? Bam. All right. What happens? So puts out the tape. So Katrina Pearson and Lynn Patton deny that this conversation yeah, ever took place. Part. Never happened. Okay. And with those denials then, uh, Amorosa Peter goes on to CBS this morning and says, oh, they deny this conversation ever happened? Well, let me play you a little... Um, you okay. have to give me a second to get the the, the new tape because it's it's up on their website. But I'll get it yeah. up in just okay. a second. Okay. Okay. Um, and and basically, she proves they're a liar by playing the tape. Absolutely. I mean, and I think you know she said, like I think it was yesterday. There's been so many Omarosa interviews now that yeah, I'm confusing right. them. That that she wasn't exactly sure if she was going to bring out more audio. That she had you know this cache of audio, right. especially because the White House <laughs> is threatening you know. Uh, legal action. There's lawyers involved that she may or may not uh, drop more audio. And then as soon as they they made these denials, she's like, and you know what? Here's CBS. Here's the audio. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's cat and so, mouse. I mean, and, and this is also, I mean, think about reality television. I mean, this is reality TV to a T. Oh, you didn't say that? Well, actually, you did, and here's proof. I mean, she learned a lot from Donald Trump about reality TV, I guess, right? Yeah, and the fact that, you know, everyone was always taping everybody, apparently. Right. So, again, they deny there was ever such a conversation, and she says, well, let's set the record straight. Bingo, here it is. I'm trying to find out at least what context it was used in. To help us figure out. Or no, Katrina. This is a Patton then described a conversation she had with then candidate Trump about making the slur. I said, Well, sir, can you think of any time that this might have happened? And he said, No. Well, that's not true. He goes, How do you think I should handle it? And I told him exactly what you just said, Marissa, which is, Well, it depends on what scenario you're talking about. And he said, well, why don't you just go ahead and put it to bed? I don't know what the scandal is. He said it. He's embarrassed. Pearson denied... So there you go. It. He said it. He's And that was Pearson at the yeah, end. Yeah, Pearson. that was Pearson. And Amorosa, who said that's not true, he right. said it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. And I mean, so clearly her, that conversation took place. And also, I mean, it was practically verbatim as to how she described it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she, she she had the tape so she could basically pull the quotes. But when she was just talking about it, you know, we, we did not. Now, now we have the evidence. Right. Uh, how many tapes does she have? Do we know? Oh, we don't, but I imagine quite a few. And what's kind of interesting, Bill, is that we knew that she was taping people a long time ago. Really? Because there had been this whole brouhaha between April Ryan, who's a reporter at the White House, and Omarosa. They got into some sort of tiff, and then Omarosa sort of pulled out a recording of what had happened and shared it with other White House reporters. So this was reported back, you know, I think practically a year ago. I forgot that she taped yeah, that conversation. Totally. Yeah. I knew. I so, remember the tiff with April Ryan, who they used to be good good buddies. Good buds and they at one had time. this sort of falling out while Omarosa was working for Trump at the White House. So we knew that, like, you know, something was going on with her taping conversations. I think what is especially getting, uh, you know, national security experts worried is the fact that, you know, she was taping conversations in the situation room. She was taping conversations, we probably assume, in the Oval Office, places where in the past, you know, you would you would never even think to bring in an outside cell phone. And it's interesting because now she won't even sort of talk about how she got the recordings. But I think that, you know, most people can assume that she had an iPhone and just turned on the recording app and had it in her pocket all day at the White House. She was taping conversations. She taped at least one conversation a telephone conversation with the president of the United States. Yep. How would you do that? There's apps for that. But you would have to... <laughs> of course there's an app for that. There's, I, I mean, I, I, yeah. t- I tape, record interviews all the time. Obviously, I you know, ask for sources permission before I do so. But you can, you can you know, easily tape a cell phone conversation. There's also devices you can put up to your ear that connect to you know, your standard like digital recorder and also record conversations that way. So we've got the technology to do it now, and you know every iPhone becomes equipped with a full like little recording studio. Um, what what is the White House doing about this? Well, that is a good question, and that is something I've asked the White House. Um, I think that if there's a briefing today, that will be one of the the sort of the biggest questions is whether or not there's going to be some sort of internal review. 
you know, do they want the, you know, the FBI to look into this? Because she's obviously broken some sort of protocol if she's recording conversations in a place like the Situation Room. That is a huge no-no. You have to think that she had some sort of security clearance that she would have violated by doing some of this stuff. So could they prevent her from releasing any more tape? Releasing any more tapes? Um, Could they accuse her of a crime? violating national security by taking I, in the situation? I, I mean, I would I would think so. It, it all sort of depends, and I talked to an expert about this. With the, with the example in the situation room, it would be a question of whether she exposed classified information. I mean, obviously, she, she, yeah. would, be, she would be breaking protocol uh, and norms, obviously, yeah. by doing the taping. But, you know, so far, it seems like she hasn't uh, you know, release classified information. I mean, that was always at the at the center of the Hillary Clinton email scandal right. and the investigation right. is whether right. or not, you know, she sort of willy-nilly was using her Clinton mail to pass around classified information. So I think that would be where you've got the greatest chance of there actually being a crime committed. But, you know, I, I, I was wondering about the situation room, too. I mean, I've been in it once. Um just show. I was shown the Situation Room because I was nearby. But, but Wait, did that, you see? Were there, there's lockers outside, yes, correct? Yeah, right. And like a sign that says, "Don't bring in electronic equipment." But wh- I'm curious about why John Kelly took her there to fire her. I mean, you would think he would just do that in his office. It was correct. not a matter of national security. I'm sorry, she may have been important. She may have had an important job. It was had nothing to do with national security firing Amorosa. I mean, I, the, so, the theory is that the setting I find very, very unusual. bizarre. Yeah. Um, I mean, and the and sort of the running theory is that she didn't want, or he did not want her to be able to basically run into the Oval and contest this firing, because President Trump, it sounded like, and this is the other sort of big question. You know, she thinks that Trump was potentially aware that she was getting axed and then lied to her on the phone the next day. That's like sort of one of her theories, but she's not really sure. So if. Boy, I believe that. I believe that for. I don't I don't or, think there's any way that John Kelly, knowing how close Omarosa was to Donald Trump. And, went went and behind the far, president's back and fired and, her. And far, how far they go back. Would would do that? Would dare do that? But then you also have to look at the the fact that also, he did it in the Situation Room. But also, Donald Trump is president of the United States. When he made that call and says, "I'm sorry, baby, I don't want you to go. I hate the fact that you're leaving," he could easily call John Kelly and say, "No, I want Amarosa to stay." Yeah, you're doing firing her. She's yeah. my buddy. No, she's staying. I mean, he's in charge. And so I think that you know that's. That's how she interpreted that call as well, is yeah. that, you know, he's BSing me. He's lying to me. He's saying that he didn't actually know, but he really sent Kelly as his henchman to fire me, take me down to the situation room so I couldn't protest, you know, in her words, intimidate her mm-hmm. and, and get her out of the White House. Okay. She also says that she was offered this $15,000 deal, $15,000 a month. Correct. All right. Um, and not it, a bad deal. Not a bad deal. And it's really interesting because it, it, it's sort of this idea that once someone exits the White House because they want because I think, you know, Trump and those in the Trump orbit want that person to stay in line with Trump. Uh, they'll put them at either. And, you know, she they'll she, plant them. She, somewhere. They'll plant them somewhere. So right. it's either America first, which is a pack. 
the campaign or potentially the uh, RNC. Though I, I haven't really seen any sort of evidence yet that the RNC is sort of, you know, paying people to. to but sort of that's stay. where Steve. That's where Keith Schiller is. No. Uh, no, he's at the campaign. Or I believe. Camp- I believe. Oh. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah. But. Uh, I believe ABC News reported that he went to the campaign, but the, the dollar amount that he was paying was right in line with uh, with, with what Amaro, mm-hmm. Amarosa mm-hmm. was alleging. Yeah, was that she, she also says that I, um, Sean Spicer got such a deal? Yes, which and she, you had a chance to interview yeah, Sean Spicer I last to, weekend. I talked to Sean on Sunday, as you know, a couple hours after the Meet the Press hit, where she sort of alleges that the reason why he was saying that, you know, Trump is this unicorn flying over rainbows, which is sort of a funny quote from the book, is because he had also basically signed an NDA uh, to go work for Trump and thus had to only say, like, nice things about him in his book. Now, Sean points out that that can't possibly be true because he signed his book deal when he wasn't associated with any of the Trump entities back in December, wrote the book, had been talking pretty nicely about Trump all through the fall before he signed the book deal and then didn't he is now you know a member of the uh the, the workforce at america first which is the pack but didn't sign any sort of agreement um on that until this summer after the book had already been turned in he also was reading to me from his employee employment contract on the phone being like i did not sign any sort of nda like this anything that had this not no disparagement clause which is what they wanted Amarosa to sign at the campaign so she wasn't able to sort of mouth off about trump and she would get this fifteen thousand dollars a month hmm. how many is it do we uh, any idea how many people have did sign well it, 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 i remember from abc's report at least Schiller and I think two more. Um, but now I sort of want to go back and see who's all, you know, we've had dozens of people leave the White House. Yeah, yeah. Correct? You know, and you've got some huge names. I mean, you have to wonder, you know, someone like Hope Hicks, there's all this chatter about how she, you know, is wanted back, came on Air Force One, uh, and how, you know, they think she'll probably play a role in the campaign. I mean, does she get sort of pulled back into the orbit and have to, you know, sign one of these things? I mean, it's a lot of people that we should be sort of paying attention to as, you know, as this campaign ramps up. And now short of that, what we have learned also is that just about everybody at the White House is asked to sign a NDA. That was something that Kellyanne Conway sort of let out of the bag on Sunday. Um, And so did Donald Trump himself. Correct. With a tweet saying... Amarosa. Yep. Amarosa signed had a signed non-disclosure one. agreement. Uh, but but the what everyone you know in the legal field seems to be saying uh, is that those would be non-enforceable because these are government employees. They're not supposed to pledge allegiance to yeah. you know a individual. I mean they they are public servants. So there would be uh, that would be a, a pretty interesting legal battle. But you know I think that you'd be able to sort of get out of that NDA. That you signed with the Trump administration. I mean, that's not a typical sort of part of government service. No. He used to use those uh, a lot in his business where they Correct. are, I think, enforceable. Correct. Um, and but when and, you... and with his porn stars. Oh, that's true, too. Of course. <laughs> yes. No, there's a great similarity between paying her 180, paying Amorosa or Sean Spicer or Keith Schiller or whatever, $180,000 a year 
to remain quiet and the $180,000 that Karen McDougal got for not talking about her. And Stormy Daniels. Situation. And Stormy, and Stormy Daniels, Daniels, which was only 150 again. I mean, it's she classic Trump. This is what he does. Uh, but, you know, if you're a government employee, you're not supposed to necessarily sign, you know, this, this NDA would not necessarily work for you. But it is interesting to see how they're potentially using it for their campaign and their pack. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it, 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 everybody keeps asking me, so how does this end up? I don't know. I'm, I don't know where it, where I just, it goes. You know, one of the big I, questions I have. At some uh, point, there'll be another scandal and we'll move on. But what is Amorosa's long-range goal here? Yeah, to, her short-range goal is to sell as many books I, as she can. I think that she wants to... Uh, clear her name? Clear her name to a certain extent. Um, I don't think that she, you know, I I think she did sort of look at this administration uh, as a bit of a train wreck. And I, I think that she wanted to sort of wash her hands of it. And, um, and, and there's certainly been some sort of bad parts of this administration when it comes to the issues of race. I mean, look at Charlottesville last year, where I think as a black woman, she's like, I, I don't want to be associated with this, even though, I mean, she's basically Trump's disciple uh, and has yeah. been for years. Right. She gets no sympathy for me because she's she was out there for so long. I mean, only, I read somewhere, only Ivanka Trump has been with Trump longer than Amorosa yeah. among the people around him today, yep. right? So she knew he was a racist and a bigot and a misogynist for a long time. But he was and even he was propelling she, her up the you know up the fame chain. It's true. And after even after she left the White House, she said, "No, he's not a racist." I saw an interview again last night, where in the last December, I think it was, whatever. She said, you know, "Right, no, right he's around not a racist. The, yeah, no, I wouldn't work for him if he were a racist, right?" And so, yeah, the the come to Jesus seems a little bit uh, connected with her 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 book deal. And this book had long been sort of rumored that, you know, she was working on something. And then, obviously, it's out today. <laughs> uh, Nikki Schwab with us from, da- um, sorry to say Daily Beast, this, no, uh, New York Post. <laughs> New York Post here uh, covers the White House uh, for the New York Post. Uh, also down at the White House, this may come up today uh, at the briefing if there is one. Um, Stephen Miller got a little bad news yesterday from Politico. Oh, yes. Where his uncle wrote a story uh, saying this guy is a total hypocrite when it comes to so-called chain migration because he wouldn't be here today. If it weren't for it. His family wouldn't be here today if it weren't for that. That's how his family's able to get here from Belarus, his extended family. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I I think, you know, there's always going to be, unless you are literally Native American, there were, there's, you know, there would be hypocrisy when it comes to uh, their immigration stance. Yeah. I mean, look at Melania Trump. Her parents. Just, just this be- weekend. Yep. Just became uh, U.S. citizens. How did they become U.S. citizens? Mm-hmm. Chain migration. Right. If uh, Donald Trump is not tweeting about um, Omarosa he, or Robert Mueller, he's been tweeting a lot in the last couple of about including this morning, about Peter Strzok. Yes, his uh, his favorite FBI agent, <laughs> who was uh, who was fired from the bureau yesterday, and he also actually this morning uh, went after Jeff Sessions again, which is an old favorite. Oh no, I didn't see that yet. Um, yep. <laughs> so, what, that, what, so that also happened. Well, 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 but here again, you know that the so the 
According to Strzok's attorney, the personnel office at the FBI investigated his whole email thing about the negative emails that he and his um, mistress uh, mistress or lover, whatever, were exchanging. That was inappropriate, used bad judgment, and the proper penalty for that would be a suspension without pay for six months or something. Not dismissal. Not, Not firing. But... The Justice Department, the FBI fired him. The Justice Department fired him. Jeff Sessions fired him. I think, and, and then he, and then Trump also yelled that's at what Jeff I, Sessions. Yeah, yeah. Like he, I mean, he he's, fired him. He's to, cleaning house. To, fired him to make Donald Trump feel good. Happy, look, look, yeah. Donald, look, Donald, see how loyal I am. I know you wanted this guy fired. I am firing it, him for you. The and then Donald Trump dynamic. turns around and attacks him again. And think of anybody else on his cabinet who has been so efficient in actually getting things done that Trump wants to see done. I've said that many times. Nobody has been more loyal puppy dog doing what Donald Trump wants than Jeff Sessions. Correct. Carrying out his policy. Correct. And From yet, the zero tolerance policy at the border, you know, to drugs. criminal justice reform, to drugs, marijuana, whole thing across yeah. the board. He's been the hard ass. The only thing he did was he did recuse himself from, from the, the Russia investigation. From the Russian because investigation. I think that he knew it would have been impossible for him to to stay on. I mean, which it would have. So, I mean, but nothing he does will make Trump happy. <laughs> I mean, unless unless he unrecuses himself and fires Mueller. Right. That would make President Trump happy. But that's but that's about it. Right. Uh, and of course, uh, Trump is seizing on the on the Peter Strzok thing as a way to well, another attempt to, muddy, to undermine to the, the credibility of of to muddy the waters and undermine the credibility of of Robert Mueller because they so the Republicans want to see some sort of bias in this investigation so that they can say that it's it's illegitimate it's you know it was always that they were. That they were going to go after Trump and, you know, ruin him and stop. I mean, nobody thought that President Trump was going to win. So the idea that, you know, back in June 2016, whenever this investigation opened, that there were, you know, these diabolical forces within the FBI, it just it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, I've, no. And also, uh, as I pointed out earlier, um, you can't forget that once Robert Mueller had taken over. Who's a Republican. Ruth Republican. And once he learned of Peter Strzok's emails. He pulled him out of yeah, the he special said, no, counsel you investigation. Don't know, you no longer work for me. I, you have nothing to do with this anymore. Totally, totally pulled him out of it. So, yeah. so there's there's really no connection between between the two. Um, I'll be interested to know. Lisa Page was on the Hill, and that is obviously the, the mistress. And she had been on the Hill uh, for two days straight earlier this summer and talked to a number of you know, this is behind closed door session, uh, talked to a bunch of Republicans, and it was several days after Strzok, remember, gave congressional testimony. And I talked to several Republican lawmakers afterward, and they were really positive about Lisa Page, unlike Strzok, who they said, you know, yeah. sort of thumbed, thumbed his nose at them and, you know, was was kind of a, you know, um, butthead on the on the stand in Congress. Uh, they, they really liked what Lisa Page had to say. So I'm still sort of wondering what she must have said that potentially uh, sort of fit into this narrative that there was all this bias within the FBI. Mm. Have you had any chance uh, to have any any dealings with Bill Shine, the new communications director uh, at the White House? You know, and I, what's the take on him? You know, I have. Um, I was on White House pool duty about, I would say, two weeks ago. I mean, time flies so quickly in this news cycle. I couldn't even actually tell you what day I had pool duty. Uh, but... 
uh, one of the things that happened, which I thought was really bizarre, and I you know reported in the pool, was that we were uh, going into the Oval Office for, I believe it was the, the um, swearing into the new VA secretary. Mm-hmm. And Bill Schein came out and basically told us that, like, that the president would not be taking questions. And this is, you know, a couple days after CNN's Caitlin Collins was yeah. basically told by, again, Bill Shine that she wasn't invited to come to an open press event several hours later because she had sort of hollered all these questions about Michael Cohen at the president at the end of what, what we call these sprays. Mm-hmm. So we're in the Oval mm-hmm. Office, the president says thank you, and then everyone's just sort of shouting questions at him. It's, yeah, it's sort right. of this, you know, tradition yeah, yeah. tradition in the, uh, in the White House press corps. And so uh, Bill Shine came out and he's, you know, standing there with like Hogan Gidley and Sarah Sanders and is like, and just by the way, like, you know, there'll be there'll be no questions. And then he sort of is like, but, you know, you can be you can try, but there'll there'll be no questions at this event. And, we, you know, that was new. That was something that, you know, again, they're sort of (coughs) clamping down on this. But I mean, I. On the flip side, I, I don't really blame him because this is when, you know, uh, all this Michael Cohen stuff was coming out and a whole other, there's a lot of other stuff. The Manafort trial, I think, was just beginning. So, of course, they didn't want the president to sort of take the bait and answer questions. Uh, but, you know, we're not going to stop doing our job because Bill no. Shine tells us that he's not taking questions. No, and then it's up to Donald Trump. And uh, he uh, has shown that he lacks the discipline sometimes to ignore the questions <laughs> exactly. which other presidents have done. You know, he, he walks so. by, you know, hundreds of reporters because now we all we all yes. know that he'll potentially talk whenever he goes to Marine One. Yeah. And right. uh, well, he'll take the bait. Well, just keep up the good work. Nikki Schwab, great to see you. New York Post, NewYorkPost.com. Have a great Tuesday, folks. This we'll see you tomorrow. This is the Bill Press Show. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.